it's Aaron Morrow again and Brian LaFlame again, the realtor and the lender guy, hey. Washingtonian. Anyways, you got enough uh, goofery with the intros here. Uh, you know what you've come here. You've come to listen to either real estate talk. Mortgage <laughs> you know here. what you did to come here. Yeah, you, you know, know what you've this is done. Your punishment. I even put out uh, some posts uh, to even warn you what this one is about. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, we're definitely going to talk about the Fed meeting. I, and you know what? This is all Brian. This is a primarily Brian's going to be talking. I'm, I'm make here it to all up. Off. You guys have no idea so, what I'm talking about. Yeah, you have no idea. No. Yeah, I'm here to entertain. So anyways, but again, yeah, Aaron Morrow, local realtor, greater Seattle area and on social media. This is being streamed everywhere. Uh, We got TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. I love you, LinkedIn peeps. And my clapper peeps got you as well. So uh, yeah, reach out to us with any of your questions and comments. Engage in the chat about any questions you have about real estate that aren't even related to what we're going to be talking about here. But we definitely will be diving into this subject matter. Brian, what are we talking about today? I don't know. I don't know. We're talking about, so the Fed had a Federal Open Market Committee meeting on the 31st or 1st? The 1st. Okay. Um, and uh, so what happens when they have the Federal Open Market Committee meeting? So in January, uh, this is January's meeting. They met for a couple of days, come out and they, they issue a statement. And the statement says where they're looking at monetary policy moving forward. Uh, and they also um, uh, will say whether or not they're going to raise, lower, or keep the same the Federal Open Market Committee's target rate. So we've gone right. over before what the federal funds rate is, uh, and the federal okay. funds rate is the overnight rate that banks lend one to another or to the uh, uh, with the Fed and what's called the repo or the reverse repo markets. Uh, and so it's kind of the cost of short-term money. And the way that it affects mortgage rates and, and why is because currently for the past four years or so since the pandemic, which was, I mean, four years minus one month ago, it's crazy. Um, we, uh, the, the Fed, uh, oh, I lost you there, Aaron. I'm going to keep going. Uh, the Fed's federal funds rate and their quantitative easing or quantitative tightening uh, has shown kind of where they see the market going and what actions they're going to take. Uh, so that's why the federal funds rate has been so forefront to mortgage interest rates uh, for the past uh, three or four years. The Fed dropped it from one down to zero uh, in March of 2020 at the very beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and then in March of 2022, they uh, gradually started raising their federal funds rate. And so now it's 5.25 to 5. So they kept it the same. I don't have you, Aaron, so I'm going to keep talking about this, uh, what's super interesting to me stuff. It might be boring to you guys. Uh, and so the, the important thing, though, was uh, so that the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, uh, it was in the cards what they were going to do. Uh, they, we knew that they were going to keep their rate the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we lost Aaron, so it's just me. Uh, we knew they were going to keep their rate the same. What we wanted to see was what they said they saw coming forward and when they saw potential rate cuts or maybe even an end. To, uh, so they put a statement out. Uh, the statement was very different than the one they had before. Um, and we have a, a Facebook group for our professional real estate partners uh, where um, we juxtapose last statement to this statement every time a new Fed statement comes out. Uh, but the important part is then uh, Chairman Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has a press conference where he gives a prepared statement and then takes questions and answers. And that's where the market really moves. And the market moved very positively yesterday. Um, it, he had some more, you know, hey, we're, we're not quite there where we want to be to start cutting interest rates, but a pause makes sense. Um, he said some things to today or yesterday. Um, boom. He said, we're not looking for a slide in employment, but would cut rates if we saw some weakening, uh, which made today's report, uh, non-farm payrolls report, much more important. And today's non-farm payroll report came in very strong. We added about 365,000 jobs and we are anticipating adding about 180, excuse me, 353,000. The unemployment rate went down or stay the same at 3.7. We had expected to go up to 3.8. The big number was um, average earnings month over month increased by 0.6%. We had expected it to increase by 0.3%. So it was a two point, or, uh, uh, the numbers doubled expectations and the market sold off a lot. Let's see what that is. 
Uh, so that's what happened with the Fed today, guys. Uh, the, uh, yesterday, mortgage interest rates really rallied. We have rallied for the past two weeks. Um, and after rallying for the past two weeks, we've given up a lot of gains today on a very strong jobs report. Uh, if you want to ever want to look at what's probably going to happen in the mortgage interest rate market, uh, if there's positive news in the economy, it's normally negative for rates or bonds. Um, and if there's negative news in the economy, people normally will have a flight to safety, um, which means that they'll want to be in sort of uh, kind of low, super low risk uh, investments like treasury bonds and mortgage backed securities. Uh, that'll bring demand into that market and bring interest rates down. Uh, so for now, uh, on the 10 year treasury, which really closely Brian, I'm back. <laughs> I think I had an issue with Instagram on our end. Uh, so we talked about what the Fed had said. Uh, we talked about what well, kind of the the mechanics of what a Fed meeting looks like. Uh, we have the meeting, and you have uh, a statement, and then you have the press conference. And the chairman uh, speaks on a prepared statement, and then he takes questions. And he was very what's called dovish. It could be um, hawkish or dovish, and dovish is you know more softer monetary policy. Uh, and the market really reacted very well. There were a couple of big swings yesterday. Uh, during the press conference, but uh, we, we had a huge day and a lot of gains. And then I was saying the 10-year treasury most closely uh, tracks the mortgage interest rate market, kind of move in tandem a bit, uh, like a dog and a leash, really. Uh, and so for the past, in the past week, we've gone from uh, 4.16 uh, last Friday, that was the yield on the 10-year treasury, all the way down to 3.84 was, I think, our bottom yesterday, maybe 3.86. Uh, and today with a really uh, positive, really strong jobs report, we're back up to 4.03. So uh, we're oh, having wow. a real bad day today, a uh, real yeah. bad interest rate day today, but it comes in the, like we're playing with house money. You know, you've been winning and winning and winning and winning at the table for the past week and a half and rates have come down and down. Uh, and now you get a day where um, the market was kind of prepared. I think it had gone down so dramatically. It was kind of prepared to maybe take some profits, take a breath. And then this uh, very, very strong jobs report threw some gasoline on the fire. So I want to talk to you about what's kind of keeping interest rates down and keeping interest rates moving down. Um, as inflation continues to come down, that's going to be super important next week's um, or when does it come out? Two weeks from now, consumer price index inflation report. The markets are going to be watching that after this jobs report. So we've had a good move down. Uh, and I think we'll probably pay, play, stay a little steady uh, waiting for that data to come in. But what's kept interest rates down is supply and demand. So we have two things right now. We have um, the uh, treasury supply and what they call their refunding supply. So how many treasuries are going to be putting on the market? They brought that number down by 50 billion, which had already come down by about 80 billion and uh, what they projected. And so that rallied because less less supply coming on the market makes it more valuable. Of course, there's less right. supply. We buy it right. more valuable. Uh, secondly, a thing called the um, uh, reverse repo market. So uh, the reverse repo market is kind of like the Fed savings account. Um, okay. And what happens in the uh, with the federal funds rate is banks will either send collateral to the Fed to borrow money, uh, or they will send cash to the Fed to take collateral. Uh, that's a repo and a reverse repo market to buy or they sell. That's the only the biggest difference. And that uh, market has been coming, or that, that bank account, so to speak, uh, has been draining quickly at the Fed. The reverse repo market is, looks like it's going to be around zero uh, in that account by this summer. So we've gone down from, I think, about 2.4 trillion down to about 600 billion, uh, million, uh, 600 billion right now, which is not big numbers for Wall Street. Yeah. So yeah. that means one of two things. Either the Treasury is going to have to um, sell a lot more Treasuries uh, and find a buyer, which means that interest rates will go up. And I can't right. imagine interest rates will go up as Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, uh, has been pretty clear that interest rates over 4% are untenable. Uh, uh, 10-year treasury yields over 4%. That's interest rates in the seven states for mortgages. Uh, or the Fed is going to have to buy some of this collateral so we can have the reverse repo market uh, running healthy again. Uh, and I think that's probably what's going to happen, which means that quantitative easing, uh, quantitative tightening will be over and quantitative easing will have started in some way, have been underway in some way. This is probably really boring. This is so exciting to me. Uh, and I bet we have eyes glossed over. We <laughs> should have done. Uh, I'm going to do a better job. I have charts and stuff, but uh, on a podcast, it doesn't really that doesn't really help. What you need to know is uh, the supply in 
um, the treasury market has started to come down and that's what's been sending the interest interest rates down because you bid on it more because there's more buyers and less seller and less uh, assets to sell or to buy excuse me um, and that's been driving interest rates down and that happened after our real big run-up last year um, when the debt ceiling was taken completely off uh, in the summer last year and then we added two trillion dollars in debt we were downgraded by fitch in our uh, credit rating uh, and we had a dearth of supply uh, going into the market um, up until the spring when um, a couple of things happened. Uh, we got to 5% on the 10-year treasury, uh, or excuse me, up until the fall, we got to 5% on the 10-year treasury, 8% of mortgage interest rates. Janet Yellen came out and said, hey, this is too high. We can't. The, the amount of money that the American government spends on interest to service its debt is astronomical and just gets untenable as we get higher and higher in treasury number rates because the treasury is just an IOU. So it's the government saying, hey, I owe you money. You're going to give me money now and I'm going to give you money in the, in the future uh, at with interest. So they're borrowing money from you. Um, and backing it with us, the taxpayer, the full faith and credit of the United States. And um, uh, and so the higher that interest rate goes, the less they're able, uh, you know, the more money goes towards interest and the more that hurts our economy. Uh, and I expect interest rates are going to continue to head down. We had some interest rate predictions um, uh, a couple of shows ago, uh, and I expect those to continue to, to play out. Uh, the market is moving like we thought it would. It had a little bit of an upward trend uh, during January, but we thought it was too big of a deal. Uh, and it turns out that it was in reverse course. And I think we're still really nicely within uh, outside of that upward trend um, in interest rates. I don't think we headed, uh, headed appreciably back up, uh, but there is always a chance something could happen. Um, you know, there's a show that we're going to do soon on the commercial banking crisis that is happening in our uh, country right now uh, and how that's probably going to affect interest rates as well. And I'm going to try so if there's any questions in the chat about what the market is, how it's moving. Like we said, it's been moving uh, uh, the kind of the way that we expected, even with the real rough jobs number today, um, average uh, earnings doubled expectations and that really hurt us. Oh, perfect. Uh, we came in at 353,000 jobs and we'd There's expect 180. We also revised up last month's jobs report from 216 to 330 in November's. So uh, we've had some revisions up where we hadn't had in the past. In the past, we had a jobs number that was kind of killer, really good jobs, and then we'd revise them down in the future. Um, and you have people with their tinfoil hats to say, oh, it's a conspiracy by the government. But they publish how they, you could agree with the data or the, the, the way they collect the data or where they don't, but they publish how they do it. There's no conspiracy. It's the same. They're super open with, this is how we, excuse me, collect data on the dirt, uh, birth, death rate of businesses and modeling, which is why there's uh, revisions. This is how we get a, a business establishment survey. And this is how we do a household survey. We call people in households and say, are you working? Are you looking for a job? We do modeling for businesses for the most part. They're very open. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, but because this affects the market so much and we have so much attention when it doesn't go people's way, they want to say it's conspiracy and it's lying. Uh, they just, you know, it, everybody needs a reason uh, to not take responsibility, I think, or if something doesn't work out the way that they want it to now in this in this world, we think if it's not working out the way I want it to, then somebody must be against me. Yeah, sure. no, totally. Cool. Totally. That's a, that sounds like an exhausting way to live. Uh, but the, mar- the numbers came in hot. And even with hot numbers, um, we still have uh, a week over week, uh, pretty decent gain in the 10-year treasury. Okay. Okay. So what, what do you think that means as far as, because uh, again, I got kicked out several times trying to fix the uh, browser on my end with uh, Instagram was my problem child with with the browser. Maybe you stop going to those websites so, and you won't have problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can't use Mozilla anymore. I'm going to have to go back to Opera to host everyone on mm. these multi streamings. It's it's where it gets finicky when I'm trying to stream to, you know, seven different platforms at the same time. Um, so when I got kicked out, did you speak on how Powell mm-hmm. is basically like stating we're not we're not increasing or decreasing right now at the moment we're just. Yeah. So we're sticking with. So this is what he said. So I didn't get to this part of it. Yeah. So. Uh, the Federal Market Committee decided to keep rates the same. We went over a couple of podcasts ago, maybe the last one, the one before, the Fed's dot plot, where um, once a quarter, 
Uh, the Fed publishes where they see each member of the Federal Market Committee publishes where they see rates going into the future of the federal funds rate. And they're anticipating three rate cuts this year. The market was at five, was at seven, right. and it's come down to five right. expectations. So um, he had said he, he uh, uh, the market moved really negatively when he had a statement that said, we don't anticipate Fed uh, our first cut to be in March because the market had been expecting a March cut. But um, what he had said, uh, because he wanted to get inflation down to 2%, that's as measured by the PCE, personal consumption expenditures. Um, and we've had six consecutive um, positive readings on PCE, and we are down right. in the twos now. Not at 2%, but down in the twos. And so he said, uh, well, he, he had said that in a statement that they need better data. And so the market okay. in the in the um, in the Fed statement, they said, hey, we need better better inflation data and uh, or more good inflation data, one of the two. And what the market took that as is the fight against inflation isn't done and they're going to continue to tighten and tighten and tighten and stranglehold the economy as much long as they can. He clarified, yeah, the last six months have been really good. We need just more of that. We don't need better data. We need to continue the good data. And the market swung up on that, on that clarification of, oh, so you're seeing the same thing we're seeing, that inflation is coming down and it's coming down at a rate that is acceptable to all of us. Um, and it's coming down the way that you would want it to. Uh, from the statement uh, that the Federal Market Committee published before Fed, uh, Powell's press conference, it sounded a bit like the data is not good enough. And he said, no, we just need more. And so he said that about three or four times. We just need more good data. So we need to continue to follow this. We don't want to spike up in inflation like we had in the early 80s, where uh, you had um, a big spike of, in the late 70s, came right. down again, and then spiked right back up. We don't want that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he said, hey, we need just more good data. We've got six months. He said that three or four times. And then finally, somebody asked him and they said, hey, uh, in March, we're going to have two more readings before you guys meet again, or two more uh, uh, inflation reports before you guys meet again. That'll be eight. You have six. He said, that's not enough. You'll have eight by then. Is that going to be enough for you to cut rates? Like he just said, I need more. And people kept giving him a pass on not saying, what does more mean? Like, right. you have six months yeah. now. You're going to have eight right. months. Does that mean that you'll be cutting in March if you have eight? And he said he waffled. Of course, he has to. He can't give you a definitive statement other than he wants to stay at 2% inflation. He doesn't want to stay under it. He doesn't want to stay over it. He wants to stay at 2% inflation as a better uh, PCE. So that was very positive um, of him saying, hey, uh, we don't actually need jobs to falter for us to start cutting rates because that's a big thing okay. people have thought was, uh, uh, was what they're going to do there. I mean, that's good. Yeah, we don't need to cripple the economy before we start slashing on but, rates. Okay, yeah, so but that's good. He also, and then he also said, but if we do see jobs start to crack, then we will cut. So it was a really... Oh, so like it's like a... It's like good. a... He's... Yeah, so he's definitely saying like, okay, we're not going to have a nuclear option here. Or like mm. meaning like we're not going to make... We're going to not be that stubborn until it gets that bad. But yep. for any reason, if unforeseen events happen where we do see uh, things like that happen, we're obviously going to take um, a proact- more proactive of towards that. Yep. Yeah. He gave himself a bit of a, um, like it's kind of the best answer you can think you can think of. We don't, okay. you know, if not, ju- you know, because if he had said, um, the, uh, you know, we're only going to start cutting if jobs start faltering. And then we got this jobs report. We didn't have a much worse reaction because this was a very strong job. Uh, and we talked a bit about, I don't know if you're on screen or not, um, negative news, negative economic news is always good for mortgage interest rates and bonds uh, because investors uh, in negative times, uh, they do a thing called flight to quality or flight to safety. They want lower risk, lower return. They don't want to lose their money. So they move money from equities or, uh, you know, riskier investments into bonds like mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Uh, so that's why good economic news, uh, the stock market does well, the bond market not so. And then poor economic news, normally the bond market does well, the stock market not so. That has been a little bit less true the past four years because of Fed intervention. So now it's really just Fed intervention trading. Right. 
Yeah, okay, well, that yeah. totally makes sense. Okay, that's good. Well, yeah. then it doesn't sound like it's really doom and gloom or interest rates going way back up into the 80s. No, I sense. think we have such a good reaction to this, and I'm feeling pretty confident about the fact that we didn't break our downward momentum yet. The next two weeks are going to be super important. Okay, sounds good. Brian, maybe give a reminder of everyone since we have uh, anyone that's watching back at this or anyone watching live. Um, where we're sitting right now for, I know there's a bunch of variables, but like national rates, where are we right now? Yeah. When the, when the uh, mid to high sixes, probably right now for most lenders, that'll cost you a point. The below seven, below seven guys. We are below seven. Yep. Tenure treasuries right now sitting at 4.03. It was 4.16 just a week ago, which is awesome. Right. It did get down to right. 3.86. So uh, yesterday, yeah, exactly. uh, so we've given a lot back, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah. That's well, all right, man. Anything else about the Fed you want to know? I mean, that's my biggest takeaway is just knowing that we're not going back into a real estate apocalypse and the market's not crashing and people aren't losing their jobs left and right and yeah. people aren't becoming homeless left and right and, you know, all that good stuff, especially for our clients, our local clients that are looking to buy right now. I know I will let you know it's getting crazier. So I'm starting to notice, um, like we talked about it last week, but I am starting to notice uh, that um, uh, that bidding war activity pick up again. Uh, oh, yeah. had a client, they've missed out on two offers where, uh, the, the reason why they didn't, when the offer was, they weren't willing to waive the inspection. Uh, oh. yeah. So now we're definitely going to have to start bringing pre-inspections back for that client strategy that, you know, just cause, um, they came in highest and best with strong financing, but they just can't, you know, the seller wants to go with a more sure thing with, you know, someone that might not come back to them with a repair. If list. I were a seller, I would want that too. If somebody's yeah, willing to do it, I get it. I, as a buyer, I would, I would also walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get it. Yeah. And it's, so it's, had, it's happening. Yeah. We've had last month, we had 52 people complete, uh, mortgage applications. I saw that. So I saw your post, you're at 49. So you got three that snuck in there on the final night. Yeah, whatever, we got to, final we got day. 52. I really want to get that's 50, awesome. That is indicative in January, 52 yeah. people for our little team here. That's indicative of the demand that's in the market. I think so far in February, we've gotten five or six. It's the second day of the month. Like the, the the buyers are out and moving and uh, if you're watching this live stream you uh you don't want to get passed by so yeah, yeah. we we'll the market shift no that's fantastic i uh so i hosted uh one of my first uh home buyer webinars online like i was talking to you so i had a pretty decent turnout on that you know yeah. 13 people showed up on that but yeah i talked i've been talking to a few people um i have a few calls scheduled today to talk to people uh from that but um one gal i talked to she moved from Illinois. So she's been living here for six months. She's a data analyst, you know, banker. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just biggest thing is just figuring out if, uh, you know, if she can qualify. Cause I think a lot of people that move over here are a little bit sticker shocked to not only how much rent costs, but then also just how expensive buying mm -hmm. houses are. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it is. And, it is and telling people that comparing the rent to like Comparing the mortgage payment and the the rental payment, it's apples and oranges. Like it's a unicorn if you can find a scenario over here where your rental payment's the same as your mortgage. They just don't go hand you in hand because you next week we're gonna break down that. Uh, I love that. I love getting into the nitty gritty. We should break that down for home buyers and because, really show them. Yeah, what that it is like. not. Yeah. It is not the right time for everybody to purchase a house. Aaron and yeah. I absolutely believe that. It is the right time to look into purchasing a house for you. We absolutely believe that. Maybe it's a yes, maybe it's a no, but you'll know it. Sometimes renting is better. And when we break this down next week, renting versus buying, there'll be some times we're like, hey, this, this, in this situation, you should probably rent a house. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. Uh, and so I'll do some screen share stuff too, so we can go over what that looks like. If we get a good enough turnout, we might turn that into a webinar that we can start inviting people. So yeah, um, I think so. But yeah, we'll no, definitely. Let's let's do that for our live next week. Um, I had a few. Um, 
I'm going to start doing this just since we're uh, towards the end here and we don't have too much to talk about and no one's commenting. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, let me uh, throw in some. I wanted to show you something. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to show, I, I'm going to share some clips with you. This is from uh, this. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. This comes from a social media um, Instagram called Homeowner Memes. Here, let me see if I can. Why isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up. You're up. Homeowner yeah, Memes. Yeah, okay. So here's a couple. You let me know if you relate to any of these, okay? So this one, yeah, I can relate to this one. My wife is incredibly uh, handy, and when she puts her mind on something, she's fine doing it all by herself. Yeah. Yep. She's just like, I wanted to do this, so I did it. First thing, so first thing that Court did when we moved into her house, we had uh, the. I will say, because um, it's a matter of taste, but since it was built in 1980s, it had the uh, all the like the stripping and trim was the metal gold, you know. Mm, so like, super outdated, like yeah, yeah. So, so the first thing she did was rip out that metal, and she's like, "I wonder how long it'll take before we uh, end up replacing the flooring, and because this is gone, you know." And I'm like, you heard it right away, didn't you? Uh, no, I think I saw. <laughs> no, no, but you heard. You heard what oh, she was yeah. saying to you. Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And then I can relate to this one. This is really fun. anxiety i hate it yeah. and, and i'll yep. tell myself the night before if i don't put it out i'll tell myself you're gonna be up early and just take it out early and then for whatever reason like either the garbage truck comes earlier um or my alarm i set like my calculator instead of my alarm i don't know uh but that sound when you know and then you rush out and then they're at the next house and yep you're like, oh, just and you're like oh i missed my shot especially so like when you live in the neighborhood i'll take it across the street and just put it across the street the neighbors oh yeah good idea yeah just put it just, no Throw them five bucks for their extra garbage fee that day. Give them that extra fee. Yeah, I, uh, mm-hmm. I've i had it. Well, I mean, in most areas in here, they do it where, you know, the recycling and the, the compost is like on a, a rotation. Yep, so if you true. miss a if you miss a recycling with all those Amazon boxes, you Whoa. that's an apocalypse right you may there. Well go to the dump. Yeah, you're that's a dump run right there. That mm-hmm. is a dump run. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is this is the final one. Uh, you know, um, I think. Uh, Agents are getting a little too creative with their real estate marketing that they're doing on Zillow. Oh my God, we're having a fire sale. Oh, the burning. Oh, May. This isn't a fever scene, Greg. <laughs> Anyways, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, are those the team photos? <laughs> Is that the updated? Well, you better move fast because this house definitely yeah. will not be on the market. I, long. It not will not be on the market for long. Yeah, no, I need really? to look into what actually happens. But yeah, anyways, you guys, if you're interested, I'm going to put a link into the chat for you to check out that Instagram account. But I thought it was hilarious yeah. to give credit where credit's due. Those were some good memes. But yeah, guys, yeah. um, thanks for coming to this live. Sorry there was uh, so many broadcast issues. I'm going to make sure that I'm using a more stable web browser next time because uh, Mozilla Firefox was not the way to go to support seven different broadcasts. Oh, yeah. Man, geez Louise. Well, thanks TikTok for showing up, Clapper for showing up, Instagram peeps as always, LinkedIn, oh, yeah. all of y'all. You know, YouTube, everyone. Um, one thing here, I've gotten a few different people ask. They've checked out the um, uh, the YouTube playlist for past client video testimonies. I did put together a really quick sizzle reel for y'all. So you can uh, watch it real quick um, as we close this video out. So I'm going to throw that on the screen. Yes. Aaron was so patient with us throughout the whole journey. Aaron is full of energy, so I appreciate that too. So it was a great experience. He's just a great guy, great uh, agent, and like I said, investor friendly.
Talking process with you was great. Thanks for all the great recommendations. It's been a great experience. We've had a lot of a lot of fun looking for homes and finally finding one with you. Aaron's awesome. His team is on point, and would definitely recommend that. You are a great host. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, but the thing I really appreciate about Aaron is uh, how much. He accommodated us. Uh, He's very customer service. He is oriented in answering all the questions that I have, and it's just been such a smooth process. Working with Aaron has been amazing. Doesn't know Aaron? He's a fantastic person and did a wonderful job in finding this home for us. We recommend if you need a real estate agent, like hit up Aaron. That was great. Yeah, it was so helpful. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to us. We'd love to chat with you about your home buying or selling goals. Even if it's nationwide, we'd love to help you. Just like, uh, who is that insurance company? I just thought nationwide's on. (laughs) Who is that insurance company that does stuff nationwide and they're on your side? I don't know, man. Oh, I don't know. Is it nationwide? Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, guys. Well, thanks so much for showing up again. Aaron Meyer, Greater Seattle Realtor, your friendly neighborhood social media realtor. Brian LaFlame here. Washington Washington State and Oregon can help you with those loans. And we can help you outside of the state as well. As long as you're in the United States, it gets a little bit more complicated when you're looking outside the U.S. But, you know, if you're a U.S. peep, let us know and we'd love to help you out with uh, buying real estate in the greater greater United States. This U.S. of A. All right, guys. (laughs) Talk to you later. (laughs) 